Pop Tate has a gun, if you were like, this is the interpretation of Archie comics in a TV show, someone would be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. This is not Archie. Like, that's Pop Tate. You're like, like, what? Why does Pop Tate have a gun? Why is Jughead robbing Pops? For all <laughs> why the- is Jughead Jones robbing Pop Tate? Because, because he likes the burgers, he needs more burgers, or what? Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. If I could go on tour with any band, it would be Pentatonix. Oh, I should have seen that coming. Because they do, like, tour vlogs every time they go on tour. Mm-hmm. And it looks like so much fun! Oh, I thought it was that you wanted to be um, in the vlogs. I would love to be in the vlogs, but are you asking me if I want to be part of the band? No, I just wanted to know. Oh, yeah, whatever. It just looks like they have lots of fun on tour. Mm, I like that. That's a good choice. And my name is Brittany Ray. I am a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Appertani, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And if I were going to... If... <clears throat> and if I were to go on tour with any band... Or artist. Yeah, I was going to say artist. I would um, definitely go on tour with Trixie Mattel, please. Oh, I thought you were going to say Gaga. No, I feel like I would love to go on tour with Lady Gaga, but it would be really, like... It'd be so stressful. Do you think that you'd be able to, like, hang out with Trixie? Because I feel like anytime she's not on stage, she would just be, like, off. I mean, now she has a boyfriend, but um, she'd just be off with random men. Ooh, good point. Now she has a boyfriend, so I guess, you know, never mind. You're right. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Who else would I want to go on tour with? Ariana? Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah, Ariana got it. Or Beyonce. Speaking of Ariana going on tour. Oh, yeah, speaking of, someone gets to go. I love. Not me. I'm so excited. Ooh, by the time this comes out, I will have gone and seen her. Congratulations. Oh, how was the concert? I'm sure it was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are stupid. Okay. Today we have words to say about episode 319 of Riverdale, Fear the Reaper. So, I guess the Reaper is Archie. <laughs> I, you know, I gotta say, I don't fear him. I do not fear him. Um, But the title is derived from a song called Don't Fear the Reaper. Which is a banging song. It's by American rock band Blue Oyster Cult, which is... A band name. It 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 is. You're correct. It is a band name. Yeah, like every time someone says something ridiculous, and I say, "Oof, that's my new band name." This is a perfect example of that game. That's probably how they got it. Probably mm-hmm. uh, written and sung by lead guitarist who goes by Buck Dharma. So shout out to him. What a name. Yeah. Uh, the song is about the inevitability of death and the foolishness of fearing it, and it was written when Dharma was thinking about what would happen if he died at a young age. Ooh. That's dark. Yeah, he used Romeo and Juliet as motifs to describe a couple believing they would meet again in the afterlife. Oh, Nobody died this episode, though. Uh, hey, that's new for- uh, I mean, Randy died, yeah. but he had already died. Mr. Drug oh. Dealer. Oh, yeah. Super can't ever remember his name because I just think of him as Brian from The 100. Yeah, we can just call him Brian. Never mind, he did die. Yeah. <clears throat> so when you said nobody, you meant, like, two people? He, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> still there. What? Yeah. So uh, we got some great thoughts from listeners. We actually have, like- three different thoughts from listeners like from three different listeners this episode and they're all just like bang on fantastic yeah. but some of them go like slot perfectly into like the conversation that we're gonna be having so, okay so i feel like we're gonna talk a little bit more about those from our friend mandy who is at short socklings and our friend king's token of course has some really important conversations to have um but we're gonna start with um something from our friend joanna who is veridissima when we were mentioning last episode that 
oh my gosh, Betty got a headstone made? That's crazy. That's so expensive. Joanna thinks that Betty just found a headstone of a Charles Smith rather than had it made because the name Charles Smith probably isn't a problem. Yeah, she probably like popped into like gravestone Walmart. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And she was like, hey, anybody know a Charles Smith with a gravestone yeah, around? Yeah, they keep generic uh, headstones stocked at gravestone Walmart. Yeah, and we were just also talking about um, Grave Mart today. Grave Mart. Yeah, Grave Mart. Yeah. yeah okay. I nailed it. Um, she commented on our Stranger Things podcast that just came out and she was like, I love hearing you guys talk about how great a sheriff Hopper is because <laughs> FP is such a garbage sheriff. I love FP with my whole heart, but that's accurate. She said to the point his first instinct is to call his son to solve crimes for him. <laughs> Remember when we thought that Keller wasn't that good a sheriff? Remember when we thought Keller was the Black Hood? Okay, but to be fair, the evidence was there. Th- yeah, we were on a track. It wasn't the right one, but we I'm were glad. on one. I'm so glad that that wasn't true because I love Keller. Yeah, I love him too much to have been... Uh-uh. uh-uh. No, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, so we were talking about Keller and I was like, I wonder if Keller thinks that he's also just as bad <laughs> as FP. Oh. And she said that she wanted to tell him, no, you're not FP awful. Sure, kids solve crimes for you, but at least you didn't ask them to. Oh, my god. Um, oh my god. She said, even in the scene with Dr. Curdle Jr., the doctor is talking to Jughead and not FP. <laughs> Can you tell that maybe FP had no training prior to becoming a sheriff? Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's normal for you to treat my son like he's the right person to talk to, right? She also pointed out that Gladys fully wore her Toledo serpent jacket to the robbery. Like, who right? has a Toledo serpent jacket except for you? Right? Yeah. Okay, that and to be absolutely fair to Dr. Curdle mm-hmm. and to FP. Sorry, Dr. Curdle Jr. Sorry, I'm so sorry, Dr. Curdle Jr. Mm-hmm. In terms of like people who have solved murders in that town, Jughead is like, I think like two for two at this point. Yeah. yeah. So he is the right person to call. I mean, FP is at like zero for two and helped cause one of them that Jughead solved. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Robin. Tutor boot. I will toot this episode as well. I liked this episode a lot. It was good. It was good. It was a ride. We were watching it and we were both really enthralled. Mm -hmm. I kept going back and Brittany was mad at me, but I just like, like, I needed to see all the details. No, I understand that. And I appreciated it. But you started doing it towards the end of the episode. And I'm like, this is where all the important stuff is. Let me watch it. Yeah. Um, so I split this episode up into Josie, Archie, Jughead, and Betty. And did you notice that Veronica doesn't even have her own storyline? She literally flits in and out of Betty, Archie, and Josie's storylines. But you have a theory on why that is happening. I do. Um, and that kind of goes into what Mandy sent us today. Yeah. But yeah, we'll talk about that later, I okay. think. Um, cool. So we're gonna start out with Josie. Okay. Josie finds out that her dad is on tour near Riverdale and asks him to have lunch. At Pops, Josie tells Miles, her dad, that she'd like to go on tour with him. She's the headliner at Le Bon Nuit and she thinks she can handle it. She asks him to come see her perform that evening. They're both then caught in the middle of the Joes' dumb robbery. That night, Josie doesn't think that her dad has shown up to her show and she's sad, but then he's in the audience applauding at the end and she's happy. She breaks the nudes. She breaks the nudes. She... I mean, maybe. He allows her to go on tour with him and she breaks the news to Archie and they break up on good terms. I'm thinking about the phrase break the nudes and I'm having a great Mm -hmm. time. Okay. So my first note is, honestly, her dad should have called her. Why? I just feel like if he's like, oh, I'm on tour near Riverdale. You know where my daughter lives who I never literally ever see? Riverdale. Like, I feel like- Okay. I kind of got the- the, um- Impression? I kind of got the impression that um, she had just like checked his tour schedule and was like, oh, oh, he's coming near here. I'll ask him to hang out when he should have been like, honey, I'm coming very, very soon here. Do you want to hang out? 
That hurts you know? my heart. Like, I mean, I feel like so much of Josie's character is her trying to, it, it's very much, she walks a tight line between wanting to please people and going, I have absolutely no need to prove myself to other people. Mm -hmm. But the people that she wants to prove herself to, she'll never get approval from, like her dad. Yeah. So, like, it makes sense that he didn't contact her, but I feel like she just deserves better than to be kind of wrapped up in his story. Yeah. It's a good way to get her out of Riverdale and into Katie Keene, I guess. Yeah. Um, So, let me bring up uh, some of King's Token's thoughts now. Okay. It kind of just goes in with this whole storyline. It felt very weird that there was no Sierra in last night's Riverdale. It is Josie's last episode. She's leaving with her dad, possibly for months, and we didn't get one scene between mother and daughter discussing why she wanted to leave. Robin, who is the actress who plays Sierra, Mm -hmm. is shooting another show right now, but couldn't they have gotten her back for at least one scene? They didn't even give us a throwaway mention. They could have had Miles say to Josie, have you discussed this with your mother, or I have been talking with your mother. Yeah, something to- And you didn't. Yeah, something- Yeah, where the- There's no explanation for where Sierra's been. Yeah, like, is your mom okay with this? You didn't, like- like, yeah, like King's Token said, it's, they don't need Robin Givens to have them mention Sierra and mention whether they've spoken with mm-hmm. her or discussed this with her yet. Yep. So well, that was weird. I feel like Sierra and Tom and Fred and Hermione all suffer from, like, the show kind of forgetting that they're there because mm-hmm. I feel like Gladys has kind of taken up a lot of that space. Um, FP and Alice, of course, like, you know, very interesting and intriguing characters. So of course they have central roles, but it kind of comes at the expense of the other characters, especially characters like Sierra, who you're like, will go a couple episodes and be like, where the hell has she gone? Mm -hmm. Like she and Tom are married, but you'd never know it. So clearly, and we already know this, her dad's like not the best dad in the entire world, Mm -hmm. but at least he tried to protect her from the gunman at Pops. Ah, when you meet the bare minimum requirements. Like at least he like grabbed her and was trying to protect her. I was like, well, you get one point. Yep. Congrats. Obviously, they're trying to get her away for Katie Keene. Um, she even says at the end of the episode, there's a place for me out there, maybe New York. And we know that's where Katie Keene is yep. set. So that's probably where she's going. How the hell are they going to make Vancouver, BC look like New York? No part of this place looks like the East Coast. Yeah. And you can tell because the 100 is supposed to be set on the East Coast, but you'd never know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always love Josie singing while a fight happens. I, I love it. I know that it's cliche. They do it over and care. over and over and over again, but I, I love still, it. I like it every time. I think because it like sweeps you away and you're like, oh, this is amazing. Well, it's also, it's smart because watching a fight is boring. Yeah, it's tedious. And listening to music is fun, but it's hard to listen to music without, like, just watching somebody sing a song. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to watch a fight when there's no, when there's nothing else to occupy you, because really... I mean, your brain is just kind of going, yes, punch, 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 punch. You know, it's the same thing. Well, I think for this show, the genius of intercutting it is that they don't have a lot of time for rehearsals. Yeah. For stunt rehearsals and things like this. Right. Because when you watch movies like John Wick, the fights are a central part of, you know, the movie because the stunts are so good. But with this, it's not to say the stunts are bad, but they just don't have as much time. Uh-huh. So by cutting it out and kind of like always having things be a little bit dark, it 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 keeps you watching and it kind of keeps your eyes from settling on something that you maybe you're not supposed to be looking at. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I like the choice that they keep making over and over again. I think it's smart. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I'll watch multiple episodes with that same little trope. It's like my brain has something to think about and my eyes have something to look at, you know? It's a feast for the senses. My eyes are looking at the fight. My brain is listening to the music. You yeah. know, it's smart. Yeah. 
Josie finally gets recognition from her father, which is what she's always wanted. What's the difference between this performance and the one that he didn't like in season one? He she gave up something for this. Yeah. Yep. What did she give up? Her emotions. He said the entire point of him not showing up was to test her, to see oh. what she's willing to give up in order to be a musician. Oh, you think that if he- Oh, so you think that if she hadn't gone on, then he would have been like, you're not ready? I think it's less that she wouldn't have gone on and more that she didn't allow it to affect her performance. Right. So in the season one performance, she was like very nervous and she was like probably kept looking at him and everything, right? Yeah. Well, you could tell because she kept looking out into the crowd and stuff and he wasn't impressed. And like you got the the idea that she wasn't performing for the crowd she was performing for him mm -hmm. and in this instance she's not only performing for the crowd but she's also performing for herself mm -hmm. and i think that is in his mind the difference right i would i would think yeah it's interesting also because in his literal one episode that he had in season one he was like saying it was like right after val left the pussycats mm -hmm. and he was like oh that's too bad like val is like the real deal and everything he like seemed to really love her with the pussycats so it's interesting now he's like oh you're not with the pussycats anymore cool you know yeah, what he said about Val, I think, I mean, he's not a, a good parent for her mental health. No. You know, like, he's saying, hey, you shouldn't let these emotions that you're feeling that I have let you down as a father affect the way that you do a job. And I think that's not a healthy thing to teach your child, but since this is her chosen path, I guess, I, I, I guess is the end of that sentence. I guess! Yeah, I, you've kind of mentioned it, but my thing was like, he says like, yeah, I was planning on bailing on you. Yeah, what? I was like, cool, what a good parent you are. I was plan- like, she's like, oh, I thought you bailed on me. And he was like, yeah, that was my intention. No, 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 The intention- hang on, I just oh, understood. The intention, the intention was for her like, to think that. Yeah. Right, so- It takes two to figure out a basic line. I have a lot of Veronica thoughts. And there's nowhere for me to really get into talking about Veronica. Okay. Because she's in every storyline except for Jugheads. Okay. But Veronica literally is just like, Josie, I talked upstairs and it looks like your dad didn't pick up his ticket. But he did pick up his ticket. Not when Veronica checked, though. That was, like, immediately after. She, like, literally just, like, walked right up on stage. I think- I think he went and picked up his ticket after the performance had already started. Okay. I think. Okay. So is she going to open for him or? Like, she's not part of his band. So I assume she's going to open for him? She might open or she might just be tagging along and, like, helping the band out and learning the ropes. Mm -hmm. I would guess. Okay. Do you think we're going to see her dad in Katie Keene? I would hope so. You think? Yeah. I would like for his character to be fleshed out more just because I don't have a lot of thoughts about him other than, wow, you're not a good parent. Yeah, you're not um, great, sir. Yeah. So going to the store or the uh, scene with Archie, he says he was going to ask her to prom. Um, next episode is called Prom Night. Oh, that's a shame. So it's prom. So I guess Josie is just basically gone now and she won't be back yeah. on Riverdale. Mm, yeah. That's sad. Unless they like occasionally have her or like somebody calls her on the phone and you get like a split screen or something. Yeah. I don't know. He kisses her on the head. Soft. Like on a little forehead. That was, that was cute. That was really cute. Yeah. That's basically the storyline. There wasn't a lot. No. Yeah. Basically just to get Josie out of here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which they did, at least they again did it for like a good reason, which was her career. Who's gonna sing while people fight now? <sighs> Probably Veronica. Probably Veronica. Yeah. Um. Cool. So Archie. So Archiekins. Here we go. Maybe Archie will take back up um, music again and he'll sing. Maybe Archie was the friends we made all along the way. Goodbye. So Randy has fully died. Yeah, he's second dead. After last week's episode. Yep. Elio is completely at fault here. Yeah. But tries to pin it on Archie. Randy's family is super upset. 
Understandable. Yeah, I can't blame them. Fred reminds Archie that he's innocent, but Archie feels responsible because he didn't stop the fight when he should have. Mad Dog warns Archie that the autopsy went through and the police are looking for the drug that killed Randy. If you recall, Mad Dog gave Archie some last episode, so they both go and try and recover it before the police get there. They get caught because they are dumb teens. Veronica posts their bail and they have to do drug tests. Veronica says that maybe they could host a charity event to raise money for the Ronsons. Elio tries to give Archie the prize money for the Gilded Gloves, but Archie doesn't want it. Until he does. <laughs> he takes it from Elio by force and goes to give it to Randy's sister because he's actually a pretty good dude for all the crap that we say about him. Turns out Hiram doesn't quite forgive Archie because he's supporting Elio. Yikes. <laughs> that last Hiram part, like, they did that scene and I was like, huh? It's because... Hiram isn't interesting unless he's fighting with Archie. Yeah, I think the show had absolutely no idea what to do with him. So they were like, oh, we got to put him back versus Archie. Yeah, because there's nothing else to do about him. I mean, Hiram's like abrupt about face was kind of like, what the hell? So I guess this is a course, like, I guess, recorrection. But looking back, neither thing worked. Uh -uh. They should have just kind of had Hiram be secretly sinister the whole time. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so they're at the hospital, and the people who are at the hospital are Keller, Fred, Mad Dog, Archie, Veronica, Josie, and then Elio and Randy's family. So, like, okay. Okay, so, like, a good chunk of the cast. And we meet Dr. Patel. Dr. Patel was here in, like, multiple scenes this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so he exists. Yes, he does. Betty just wasn't seeing him. Yeah. Earlier in the season, she had said, just to remind everybody, earlier in the season... Betty had said that she was going to see Dr. Patel as her psychiatrist or or therapist. Yeah, turns out Dr. Patel is actually uh, neither of those things because he's just, um, from what I can tell, a surgeon. Yeah, he's like an a, like a doctor who works in a hospital. Yeah, like on like in the emergency room. Yeah. So Dr. Patel exists, but if they had done any research, they would have found that he's not even the right doctor that she was saying he was. Oh, Betty. Come on, man. She's usually better at this. But, and I mentioned this last time he was mentioned, like when Betty had mentioned him earlier in, in at the beginning of season three, mm-hmm. um, that uh, somebody whose last name is Patel is in the Archie comics universe. Canon, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, his name is Raj. But the interesting person in this um, uh, 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 instance... It's his father, whose name is Ravi, and Ravi Patel is a doctor who wishes his son would take more serious issues. Yeah, so so we know that Ravi Patel is a doctor, so yes. I assume that this is him. Yeah, I would also assume that. Okay, um, Elio is framing Archie. Has Archie been through enough framing? I mean, if I were Elio, I would be like, is it believable to frame Archie after he was already acquitted of murder because he was framed for that? <sighs> yeah. I mean, the, like the man, the man is really susceptible to framing. Apparently, so like if I were him, I probably would have framed someone who's like I don't know dead already. But it wasn't strategic; it was personal. Yeah, that. Oh, you know what? You're right. So oh, you're so right. It is totally. Per- yeah. Um. So this is our last Fred episode, and once again, Luke Perry is not utilized to his full potential. What do you think they're gonna do? I, it'll probably be um, obviously off screen. I'm kind of hoping that. I mean, of course. It would be nice if they were just like, hey, you know, Fred left town for a while mm-hmm. and he decides to stay away. Right. Um, I wouldn't love for them to kill him, but of course, the resi- like, I don't know if the writers could resist that because it would give Archie tension. I don't think it makes sense for Fred to leave just because he said last season how much he loves Riverdale yeah. and how much Riverdale is like his whole life or whatever. Like he even ran for mayor and everything. But I wonder if them bringing in Mary. Yeah, that makes me wonder. Maybe he could leave with Mary. Right. Like, 
I would love if... Sorry, that was in the trailer. Yeah, 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 sorry. I would love if that was sort of like a happy ending for Fred, which is that he and Mary reconcile and they just have an off-screen relationship from then on. That would be really nice. I have to say, and I, you kind of explained it like this, it's like they probably, while filming this episode, he hadn't passed away yet. No, Probably either in next episode while they were filming next episode or even the episode afterwards. Yeah, I think it'll be a couple episodes from now. Um, But I have to say that at the end of the episode, when Veronica was telling Betty that there was a uh, an accident when they were moving yeah. Hal, my first instinct was, this is how they're killing Fred. Yeah. My first instinct was, Hal escaped and is gonna finish what he started and kill Fred. Which would be... Such a, I I think that would be a mistake of a plotline. In my opinion, and I don't think that they're going to do this because people are probably waiting for an explanation as to what they're going to do with Fred. But if I were in that writer's room, I would probably, since they use Fred so infrequently anyway, I would probably suggest that we just don't see Fred for the rest of the season. I agree. And then we put some real good thought into it over the hiatus and we deal with it in season four. I completely agree. I think that would be the absolute right choice and I hope they did that. I hope they did that. I don't hold out hope for that though. Well, I think they were very near the finale when Luke passed away. Yeah. But there is only three episodes left. Yes. Yes. They're already really near the finale. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Just from a, a business standpoint, I don't think anything Fred related would fit into the overall show's like plot lines right now. Yeah. And I think that Fred and Luke are both owed something more respectful than to just be a shoe in piece of drama for Archie. Yeah, I agree. So I, I hope that they do something nice for mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Mad Dog now wears El Royale merch instead of Casa Grande merch. It's free. It is free, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, we love boyfriends. Yeah. I feel like throughout the entire Mad Dog and Archie scene, we were like, yes. Oh my god, literally. I feel like it. they're perfect for each other. Literally. Because they had a scene with Mad Dog and Archie, and then they had a scene with Archie and Veronica. And I just feel like Mad Dog gets Archie, like on a, like a sort of, sort of like a soul to soul level. Yeah. Whereas Veronica always knows what Archie should do. Mm-hmm. I feel like Mad Dog always knows what Archie wants to do. Yeah. Some, something like that. One thing I noticed was when Archie and Mad Dog get caught by the police, mm-hmm. um, Archie turns to them and it's just like, he's got nothing to do with this. He's protecting him. Yep. That was so wholesome. I love them together. I feel like avenging like angel archie is the right plot line for him yeah mad dog makes me like archie yes and archie being sort of like the do-gooder that he's supposed to be in the comics but with a slight edge Mm -hmm. that like that's the archie that we should always have yeah not someone who runs his mouth about those things but doesn't do anything but someone who actually takes action this Archie is peak Archie. Like yes. the, the, the Archie in this episode is peak Archie. This is the Archie that I wanted. And this is the Archie that I asked for. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm kind of mad about it. Cause now I like Archie. Yeah. What's up with that? Mm-hmm. I used to hate Archie. Megan from SoundCloud. <laughs> who loves Archie. I always think whenever I write on Archie, I think about um, Megan. Cause yeah. I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but now we don't have to. Yeah. Cause he's likable. Yay. Doesn't feel organic. So I know we're literally in the middle of a storyline, but um, I was just checking our SoundCloud comments and Subatomic Fox commented and said that they want Sweet Pea's first name to be Nigel. Gonna guess Nigel based on no evidence except the weird fanciness of some of the other serpents' full names. I think that's a fantastic name. Yeah. Nigel? Nigel. I love it. Whenever I think of Nigel, I think of Nigel Thornberry. Yeah, I was literally just thinking, yeah, Nigel from like the Wild Thornberries? Yeah. Cool. Cool. At least we're on the same page. Yeah. Okay, so- 
I was stupid. What else is new? Classic. Just kidding. You're pretty smart. Thanks. Um, and Elio has said, like, on the news, he was given performance-enhancing drugs by his competitor, Archie. And I was like, why would his competitor <laughs> give him performance-enhancing drugs? Then it would be a harder to beat him. <laughs> and I said, no, bud. Archie OD'd him, and that's how he died. He was murdered. But if I was Randy, I'd have to be pretty freaking stupid. Like, if this was actually true. If I was Randy, I'd have to be pretty freaking stupid for, to, for my competitor to be like, here you go, this will not hurt you at all. It'll make you better than me. And and believe him. Mm, yeah. You know? Mm, yeah. You're right. Okay. Okay. Points were made. It looks like Mad Dog's last name is Moore. Alliteration, as always. But she sa- she literally says Archie Andrews and Mad Dog Moore. So I'm like, cool. So his his name is Mad Dog, huh? Yeah. He popped out and his mom was like, Mad Dog. He looks like um, a, ma- a dog that we have at home. His name's Mad Dog. Mad and dog. I'm like, but how could you name Eli Gorey Mad Dog? He's yeah. so cute. Mm-hmm. He's a baby. Yeah. So this is Randy's sister, not his mom. Which we kind of, like, when we were in the trailer, we were like, Dad, Randy was, like, a full-grown adult. Like, there's no way that's his mom. So we figured that out. But again, it is Riverdale. That's true. Mm. Where 23-year-olds can play 26-year-olds and... All their parents are hot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Archie says he doesn't want to box anymore. Oh, my God. So, like, does he... You know what? I was just about to be... Does he just go from hobby to hobby, but, like, same? So I can't say anything. Yeah. (laughs) He gives the money to Randy's sister... I love that. I can't imagine giving away $50,000. That's because you're um, a Slytherin. I know, but I need that. If I earned it, someone else needs it more. Sucks to suck. You shellfish. Get their own money. They get into their own Gilded Gloves competition then. They can't fight and their brother's dead. Well, then they're going to need to find something else out. Robin? What? No. I literally can't think of one reason why I would give away $50,000. Can you try and think of one? Yeah, the one that Archie just used. I wouldn't do that. Can you think of another one? To give- Because someone else needs it more than I do. She has four sisters to raise. Yeah. And her brother just died. Archie doesn't need $50,000. I still- I still need it, though. No, you don't- you, You're okay. 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 So, hey, Elio, the Riverdale Reaper is already a thing on this show. Oh, boy. Why don't you fill us in? Sure. So, I think it was 20. Eight, which was House of the Devil. Mm-hmm. I remember that because I freaking loved that episode because it was the Leave Him at Home episode. <gasps> That's right. That episode was a little bit revolutionary for me. Back when Snake Parents was a thing that this show cared about. Yeah. Cool. So that was 208. And it was the episode in which Veronica and Archie went to Svenson. Sven- it was... They didn't know it was Fenson at the time, but I think. It's quote but it was, unquote, it was Fenson. Fenson. They went to, like, his house. It was the house of the devil in mm-hmm. which, like, that guy, like, murdered his whole family and then, like, accidentally didn't murder him or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was called the Riverdale Reaper. Because he was a heckin' zero color. Like, literally, the Riverdale Reaper is already a thing on this show. Like, I wonder if there was somebody in the writer's room who was like, and then we'll call them the Riverdale Reaper. And everyone was like, yeah, because they totally forgot they've literally already used it. I'm going to say, yes, that happened. Yeah, that's awkward. Here's the thing. If I were a TV writer, I would have my own show's wiki open at all times Mm -hmm. because no one keeps track of details like fans do. Yep. So if I had an idea, I would look it up to make sure I hadn't already had that idea. Literally. Because it's me. If you go on the Riverdale wiki and search Reaper, it's the first thing that comes up, obviously, because it's the Riverdale Reaper. So like, yikes. Yeah, um... And they just yeah. kept calling him that, too. And I was like, guys, you messed up. I think they're just, like, gonna take that back. 
I guess. Like, it's for Archie now. Yeah, okay. Elio isn't giving the family the insurance money. Why? Where is it going? Why does he have the authority to do that? Yeah, why does he have the authority to do that? Because, like, I think it was Veronica who was like, Elio is not, is, like, keeping the money away from them. And it's like, then why are they, first of all, trusting Elio unless they don't know about that? And it's like, so where's it going? Yeah. Why is he allowed to do that? What authority does he have? Isn't he also a teen? I guess not. No, he is also a teen. And this is Riverdale. Teens run mobs and businesses. I think okay. we just have to go, uh, and just assume. Uh, Archie kisses Josie right in front of Veronica. Right in front of her salad. What was and Veronica this? does nothing. She does literally nothing. We don't even get, like, a shot of her being like, oh. But if Veronica does nothing, doesn't that tie into the theory? Yes. That we haven't spoke of, spoken of yet? Would you like to speak of it now since it just came up anyway? Uh, sure. Okay. So, I think last episode we mentioned- I feel like there's so much going on in my head that I have to, like, figure out how to- we, No, we absolutely did mention this last episode. Last episode, we mentioned that Veronica was wearing a white shirt. And she's wearing the exact same white shirt, so I guess it's, like, still the same day? Yeah. Or she only wear, owns, is, like, one white shirt right now. I guess. Which is weird because it was, like, night when she was wearing it before, and now it looks like it's another day. Anyway, she's wearing the same white shirt and when people are wearing white that makes me think that they are in even if she's not all wearing all white she might be in transition of going into the farm yeah and i have a lot of reasons why i think this is true let me read out mandy's tweets to us today before i go any further here all right does anybody else think veronica has gone to the dark side it's awfully suspicious that a she got Archie boxing again, which could be very well could just be good intentions. Mm-hmm. But I have re I when I did my rewatch, I have reasons to think that that's not true. I Why think, I think she's evil. I'll show you. Okay. B she was the one who told Betty about her dad and not oh I don't know the news. Ooh, another good point. Especially when her mom is the news. Well, Alice was busy trying to brainwash her. I guess that's true. So I asked her, do you think she's lying or that she set up the accident? And Mandy said, I think Hiram is doing it all, but maybe she's in the loop seeing as Hiram knows Archie tried to shoot him. So maybe he told Veronica because she was so concerned about that when Archie came back. He could just, he could have pulled that whole see you can't trust anyone only family crap. So here's my Veronica thoughts. Yeah, I need to know how this ties into Hiram. So Hiram, when like later in this episode in which he's sitting with Elio in like the sauna or whatever... Yeah. Hiram says, oh, sorry. Elio says he's done with boxing. For some reason, they need him to box because they need him to be the Riverdale Reaper so that they can make money off him or something. And Hiram says, with my daughter in his corner, we'll see about that. And that can either mean, of course, my daughter's going to get him to go back to boxing because it's what he loves to do and she would want him to do what Mm -hmm. he loves. But it could also mean, with my daughter in his corner, after I told her to get him to box again, yeah. We'll see about that. Okay? Oh, God. Okay. So you're with me? Yeah. I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds like V will make him start boxing, boxing again in a bad way, question mark? So then she does it. And what's something that Hermione told Veronica to do to manipulate Archie in season two that she was against? Using her feminine wiles? I literally used the word wiles. Thank you so much. You're welcome. But, so what does she do? She says, Archie, you gotta get back in that boxing gym. Or whatever. And he's like, what? And she goes... For me. Oh, yeah. Good. Okay. A point. I have more thoughts. I have to go back. I have to go down to the Betty storyline. This is like me with Sheriff Keller is the Black Hood. Where like all of the evidence lined up perfectly and then it just like nothing came of it. Or that the Black Hood was multiple people. I loved that theory. So I don't think Hal is dead. How did this happen? Was it Hiram? Was it Veronica? Like basically sup. Well, Hiram and Ronnie are the only two people who have been known to set up car accidents. Yeah. 
I remembered the other thing that I was going to mention. I was looking for my Betty notes and I was like, lol, just kidding. I guess I don't have anything. But then I remembered what it was. Mm. So I thought when we were watching during the Betty storyline that it was so weird that Edgar said, this person's here. This person's here. Your sister's here. Your cousin's here. Your best friend, Kevin, is here. Right? Like there was a noticeable pause. There was a bit of an, I, I would say it was a noticeable pause. And then it cut to Kevin. Then it cut to Kevin. And originally I thought, your best friend. No, not Veronica. Kevin, right? Kevin's your best friend? Yeah, we were just making jokes. That was just a joke. And then we were in the middle of Best Buy today. Yes, we were. (laughs) And I was like, what if, because we have this theory that Veronica's in with the farm. Either she's evil, maybe she's not evil, (laughs) but if if she's evil, either she's evil Hiram-wise or she's evil farm-wise. And the reason why I kind of think she's farm-wise evil is because she's wearing white. But also, Edgar says, your best friend, Kevin. Yep. What if he was like, your best friend, Veronica? But, oh wait, you're not supposed to know about that yet. Your best friend, Kevin. And if Veronica had found some kind of peace with the farm, Mm -hmm. seeing Archie and Josie kiss would not bother her. Yep. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. But who would Ronnie be seeing that would keep her at the farm? What a great cue. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I can't. Yeah, I don't know. But she is in the tiniest lifeboat. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's the other thing. Ronnie has a lot of internal conflict going on. And is she even living at home? I don't know, because she doesn't get her own storyline. And when yeah. it is, it's just about the bon- Bonnoui. And so I'm like, okay. Exactly. So maybe she's living at the farm too. Maybe. Maybe we're supposed to follow these clues to Veronica lives and is part of the farm. Yeah. Hmm. Or maybe they just accidentally put all of this in and we are following crumbs that are not there. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it is suspect. They keep calling... Randy's sister, Ms. Ronson, which makes me, which, which sounds matronly. Yeah. And that's just how it always is. Mm-hmm. When you don't use someone's name, you use Ms. So I don't know. It was just weird. Just give her a name. Yeah. Rebecca. Then it's another alliteration. Or, Rebecca Ronson. Or Rhonda. Rhonda Ronson instead of Rhonda Rousey. Oh my gosh. That would be kind of cool. Boxing. Yeah. <gasps> Rhonda Rousey's a wrestler. Sports. There you go. Hand-to-hand combat. Huh. Physical things, which we don't do. Instead, we talk about teen shows on the CW as grown adults. We think that the girl who played her was really great. She was such a great actress. Sometimes you never know with like little guest parts. She- But she was great. Like the way she cried silently, like she didn't do the big heaving tears, just like her face crumpled up. And the way she was just like, I felt like she really connected with KJ, like emotionally yeah. in that scene. Because they both did really well together. And I was just like, I watched her and I was like, I believe that this girl had a troubled brother who died suddenly. Yeah, I, I believe, believe it. it. Jinx. <laughs> e monsoon. Okay, great. Yeah. So then so then Hiram's like, oh, you still have my funding, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm against Archie again for some reason. Ooh, and bleh. he'll definitely start boxing for some reason also. And then Veronica gets him to start boxing again because Mad Dog's like, Archie, please come play with me. And she's like, go play with him, Archie. Yo, I'm that like, was so cute. So glad that Veronica is also shipping Marchie. Like Mad Dog was like, dude, come get in the ring. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we love supportive friends. Yeah. Boyfriends. Boyfriends. I said what I said. Boyfriends. They're good for each other. A hundred percent. No. Yeah. It's the truth. Yeah. In my soul. They're good for each other. Mm-hmm. It would be such a healthy relationship. They've both been through so much hardship, but they've been through similar things. Riverdale looks at healthy relationships and they're like, what's that? Ew, no thanks. Aw, uh, no. Um, cool. That's all my Archie thoughts. Hey, Robin. Hey. Would you like to tell our listeners what we named our Roomba? Sure, we got a Roomba today and we were going to name it Dagwood, but then he decided it was a girl, so his name is Juniper. Because we are um, in control of our lives. We're people. But we met her and we were like... <laughs> 
you don't seem like a Dagwood. No. You're pretty and you have like nice sleek gleaming features and you just you're a girl and your name is Juniper. Hey Brittany. Hey Robin. Can you tell our listeners what Patreon is? As soon as I finish the sip. Okay. Mmm, refreshing. You know what else is refreshing? <laughs> Subscribing to our Patreon so Whoa. that you can help us with monthly donations to run this podcast. No way. Yeah. So you can do that at patreon.com slash theaffectionados. Score. And our donations start at just a dollar a month. That's it? Yeah, you could find that on the ground. Sure could. If you still use cash, which I don't, because it's 2019. <laughs> Oh, that doesn't help people. Sorry, I just started thinking about how we have gay $1 coins now, and I just went off somewhere else. If you find a gay $1 coin on the ground that's in Canada, that's de- that's a sign. That's a sign that um you should donate, to the pa- donate it to our Patreon. But anyway, what we actually do is we use the money to cover all of our hosting costs because we have five podcasts. So all of the money goes to helping us run these podcasts. And um, yeah, we would really appreciate it if you could help us out. If you can't, the second back option is recommending us to a friend. And if you become a patron, you get all of our podcasts early, at least one day, sometimes more than one day because they're done early. One, maybe two, sometimes three. (laughs) If I don't get my money, I'm going to kill you to death, dude. Two times, maybe three. Or four! Is that for my vine? Yes. I like yours better. Thanks. I know that I've never seen the original, but I know that I like yours better. I do the exact same thing that he does. Yeah, but it's like how sometimes I like your renditions of stuff better than the actual renditions. Like, road work ahead. Alright, now it's time to talk about Jughead. Cool, 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 cool. Jughead. Jughead, um, the true sheriff of Riverdale. To be honest, not- like, there's a lot of things that happened, but like, there wasn't a lot of detail. Like, really, you just have to be like- and then they robbed Pops. And then Gladys fought Penny. And then they went to the thing. You know? It's like... And then everyone wound up in hospital. Yeah. F- so... Sorry. Sorry. Here is my summary. With Jellybean missing, the Joneses are forced to play a game of G&G with Kurtz, in which Gladys has to tell FP about her being a drug lord. FP is, like, not happy. <laughs> They also have to rob Pops, causing FP to get shot because Pop is not taking any prisoners tonight. I love you, Pop. Gladys also has to fight Penny, who we knew wasn't dead, and she has to go to the hospital with a broken arm, so it's just Jughead now. Kurtz takes him to a creepy place. He calls Jellybean, who seems fine, but not for long. Jug gets locked in a freezer, and when he escapes, Kurtz is dead and the Gargoyle King is there. Jug runs away and drives back home. Jellybean is totally fine and not at all disturbed by the urgency of her family. Gladys decides that she's going to leave for a while, but Jellybean is staying. Okay, so. Okay. Here's what I love about this ridiculous show called Riverdale. Yeah. FP, the sheriff of the town. Mm-hmm. An untrained sheriff who has, doesn't know what he's doing and calls his son for help when he needs to solve crimes. Mm-hmm. When he finds out that his only daughter has been kidnapped, what does he do? Well, he certainly doesn't call the authorities or put out, like, an Amber Alert or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, he agrees to play a board game for her life. Yep. That is, you can't. I'd say you can't write that stuff, but somehow they do. <laughs> they do write that stuff. First of all, this pool table. They're like, listen, we don't got a dining room table. We got a pool table from the White Worm. Don't know where we stored it before, but here it is now when it has a Southside Serpents logo on it because we totally have the funds Kay. to do that. Yeah, they had a custom table made. Like, did, do you think they did a fundraiser to do that? <laughs> They're like, it's for the white worm. Everyone's like, obviously we were gonna we're gonna pitch in then. No, they did like a bake like a bake sale. Oh yeah. You know? Well we know that they like would um uh volunteer like at Christmas time they would give out like presents and stuff. Like the serpents oh, are good. Yeah, they are of course they are. Yeah. Those are our 
are people. Are people. So Gladys didn't know about Jellybean. She sure didn't. Here's the thing. Somewhere in my head, though, I still think she knew about Jellybean. Mm-hmm. Like, I still, somewhere in me still is kind of convinced that Gladys was the one who set all of this up, but I don't think that Gladys would voluntarily expose that she's, like, the new drug kingpin of Riverdale right. to FP. So, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm i still, like, I haven't seen Gladys and the Gargoyle King in the same room. Like, I know that Jughead- oh, That's true! I mean, Jughead left her at the hospital, right? But it's, like, I don't know. If she's gonna be gone now, then I guess she is in the Gargoyle King, but still. Hey, speaking of hospitals, so FP just got shot. And then went immediately to, like, the prison, to the jail. I guess. Like, is he okay? What's going on? Was he actually shot? He was, I think, yeah, actually shot. And then, uh, but then they put him in jail because they're like, so you're the sheriff, huh? And you're committing a robbery? And then the mayor- I think is what Jake had said, basically threw away the things because he was under duress. He was being manipulated to do I mean, that. it's a very Hermione thing to do, to just be like, yes, this man who was a criminal and committed another criminal act, but was also the sheriff, he didn't do it. Yeah. It's or if he did, he was allowed to get away with it. Yeah. In the immortal words of Velma Kelly, I didn't do it, but if I'd done it, I bet you you would have done the same. Mm, yeah. Mm. I thought this actually, this moment was really funny. Gladys was like, what? Kurt stole my daughter? We gotta find him. And FP's like, oh, I have great news. He's right outside in the back of my cruiser. It's like, I actually, I got him for you as a present. This works out great. So if Brian, who, by the way, if this is your first episode with us, is what we call Kurtz because he played a character named Brian on The 100. If Brian was in custody, who delivered that letter? <gasps> Did, oh, I have a thought. What if before they left, wait, are there, they were, any, are there any gargoyles left? I thought for a second, I was like, maybe Ricky did it. No, but he was with Jellybean and they weren't at their house. Yeah, no, 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 no. They were already in the woods. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hang on. Hold up. He took Jellybean into the woods. Yes. Yeah. And wasn't the gargoyle king there? One of my notes is, oh, it's sorry. It's way down here because I had lots of thoughts. Didn't she meet the Gargoyle King last episode? So wouldn't she be unafraid of meeting the Gargoyle King if the Gargoyle King was her mother? Mm-hmm. Just saying. Like, she got back and she told- She's on the phone with Jughead and she says, We just decided to go into the woods. I'm sorry. She does not say a thing, single thing- That's not thing. what she apologizes for. She apologizes for started play, starting playing G&G. But the whole thing is, we decided to stay out and play G&G and go into the woods. Yeah. But she doesn't mention the fact that she met a supernatural deity? Yeah. Um, I guess not a deity. More of a devil. Yeah. More of a demon. Have, mm, maybe a king? Yeah. Um, how does Brian know what FP was in high school? Did he learn it from the Gargoyle King? Yeah, of course. The Gargoyle King knows all. So the Gargoyle King that we have now, because there were so many different Gargoyle Kings. The Gargoyle King that we're talking about in this episode, in last episode, is supposed to be the same Gargoyle King from the Midnight Club, right? Yeah, it's not the faux... The <clears throat> it's not the faux gargoyle king, which was Tallboy, right? And it's not Moose's dad, and it's not yeah the, the other faux gargoyle king, and it's not the gargoyle king that was literally just a statue in the sisters. No, it's the gargoyle king. Wait, okay, okay. And the gargoyle it's, king that was in Hiram's office was Tallboy. But is that the same gargoyle king who killed the warden, or was that the real gargoyle king? Was the gargoyle king in with the warden when he died? Well, someone who killed the warden, Hiram, I thought. I thought he had to do- he couldn't kill the Red Paladin, so he had to drink from the chalices. Okay, right, 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 right. So the warden was playing Hiram's game, not the real, real Gargoyle King's game. Right. 
But it's entirely possible that Hiram knows the real Gargoyle King because how would the Gargoyle King allow Hiram to be doing things like that? Right. You ever, like, think about what we're talking about and think, wow? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah. You know? Like, Mm -hmm. the sentences that just came out of our mouths were things we were trying to make logical sense of. Yeah. And I understood what you were saying. And that's the most upsetting part. Yeah. But how, so Brian probably knows what FP was in high school via the original Gargoyle King. Or that his um, ex-wife slash lady knew. She wasn't in the Midnight Club, though. Yeah, but And FP he wasn't supposed to tell her. Yeah, but it's FP. Okay. He brought his True. son into a murder investigation. He's such a Hagrid. He's such a Hagrid. The Alchemist is what um, Gladys is. That's a new one. Yeah, that is new. So cool. Kay. The Alchemist. Yeah. It makes sense because the Alchemist is somebody who like puts things together and then makes new things. And she's like the new drug lord. So, duh. Yeah. So there's a white mar there's two white marbles and one black mar marble. I don't think this is a lost reference, but I'm gonna go ahead and make it a lost yeah, reference. Yeah, I was gonna say this was something that excited you. Yeah, so first of all, black and white is a really important theme in Lost, but black and white is also just two shades. But also like the white and black marble, um Oh, my favorite kind of marble. Yeah. They literally find like a pouch with a white and a black marble inside of it in Lost. And there was a pouch here. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and make it a Lost reference, even if it isn't. Um, I'm going to support you in that, just because I think it's nice when things are about Lost. Thanks. Cool. Um, so basically, if you pick the black marble, then you have to tell your biggest secret. And FP's like, yeah, I've played Secrets and Sins before. Like, it's fine. And of course, Secrets and Sins is basically truth, truth or truth. Or, yeah, two truths and a lie, truth or dare. But in the Riverdale universe. Okay, so... If my theory checks out that Gladys is the Gargoyle King, yeah. it could have been that she wanted to play this game to get a secret out of FP. Oh, and then she messed up? Yep. Lol. She got the wrong one because you can't count on Kurtz to do something right. What would FP and Jughead's secrets be? FP was definitely that he was in a relationship with Alice. Yeah. And Jughead has been around a lot of dead bodies. I feel like Jughead's secret would be Gladys's secret. Exactly. Because it was like a major secret that he was keeping. To his own detriment. But she also has him under her thumb. Right. <gasps> but they were under duress. See, this theory like works and then falls apart. Yeah. <sighs> Brian doesn't work for her anymore because he's a crazy person. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Mm. Mm, maybe. I don't know what to believe. Thanks. Yeah, neither do I. Brian lives for the drama though. So like as FP is like yelling at Gladys, I'm him being like, ooh, ooh. so relatable. He's like, oh my God, I get to watch this. And I'm like, same. <laughs> okay. Ooh, here's something that I don't think um, matched up. Okay. So let me ask you a question before I say this. Okay. Do you think that Brian killed himself? No. You don't think that? No, you think that. I don't. You think the Gargoyle King killed him? Yes. Why? Because Gladys has no use for him anymore. And he disobeyed her orders. If it's Gladys. If it's Gladys, then it would make perfect sense to kill him. He partially disobeyed her orders, exposed her, and did a whole bunch of stuff wrong. Right. But if it's not Gladys. If it's not Gladys, then. Then he was, he was the Gargoyle King's main supporter. Main. He was one of the last foot soldiers. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense for the Gargoyle King to kill him. Anyway, originally I thought that he had killed himself. Yes, and the did. reason why I no longer think that, or if I do, that doesn't really make as much sense, is because he says he's going to use the robbery money to get out of town. So he wasn't planning on dying tonight. He was planning on running away. Good point. So. And what's the point in killing himself? He had no reason to. 
It was very dark, but there was, like, blood on the ground, right? Like, Yeah, no, there was a pool of red blood. You yeah. could see it. We're not just saying that he died and he fully was just passed out. No, right? he's like, fully he dead. dead. No, he's okay. dead. I remember seeing blood. Okay, great. So, yeah, I mean, we don't think he killed himself, so it must have been the Gargoyle King. We don't really understand why at this point. Unless it was Gladys, then we get it. Yeah, if it was... But Gladys like, okay. literally was in the hospital, so, then when we later saw her, like, she was, like, pretty banged up. So, if it's not Gladys, yeah. why kill him? I don't know. Because he, like you said, he was one of the last foot soldiers. He was so loyal. Loyal enough that he will, like, take people and bring them to the Gargoyle King. Like, he would find a way to bring them. Like, he's so loyal. He's exactly. so crazy and that why he would be, do it. why be more loyal to the Gargoyle King than to the woman supplying your drugs? Yeah. Like, that's that's where I'm starting to go, okay, but then they have to be the same person. Right. Because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. And then I'm like, but we're watching Riverdale. Yeah. And not everything has to make sense in this backwards town. I would be down for it to be Gladys, but, like, Jughead did just put her in the hospital. She wouldn't have any way of getting there. Because it seems like they drive, like, a really far away. And she, like, after he goes and visits her in the hospital again, it doesn't look like she's left the hospital. Like, she's, like in a gown with a cast like he said that she had a ruptured kidney or like or like a bruised kidney or something like so what if she has kidney? more foot soldiers remember. yeah maybe and I mean, some, one of them is the gargoyle king i mean listen far-fetched theory jellybean killed him jellybean was at home he called her he didn't know he talked to someone he talked to jellybean on a cell phone yeah but then when he got home she was there she could have i don't know there has to be there's you think some jellybean was in the gargoyle king costume no not in the costume I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to make sense of who Gladys would trust enough to do these things. I'm trying to make my theory work. It's not working. Yeah. Uh yeah. Leave me be. Anyway, it's three episodes from the end, slash two episodes from like the real big episode. Mm -hmm. And I still don't know who the Gargoyle King is, which honestly is probably what the show wants. So great. I mean, we didn't know who the Black Hood was until the until Hal literally said, Hey, what up? I'm the Black Hood. And then we were like, and that was obvious. How to read. But with this one, no one obviously the gargoyle king except for Hiram but yeah Hiram isn't really tied into any of this right um so next episode is called prom prom night and the big episode so we don't know what the um very last episode is of season three what it's called yet but it's like usually the denouement kind of episode anyway the, the penultimate penultimate well, that would be the ultimate, but the ult the penultimate episode, which is like the big episode of season three, yes, is called the Dark Secret of Harvest House. What's Harvest House? I don't know, but that's what it's called. <gasps> I love it. I'm obsessed with it. So be ready for that. They are going to rob pops, and Gladys I don't love that. And Gladys says that it reminds her of the old times. So. Y'all used to rob places? I find that hilarious. Go off then. I'm like, it's Riverdale. Who could they have robbed that someone wouldn't remember that? Right. They're like, you robbed my place and now you're the sheriff? Hmm. What up with that? Yeah. But like, okay, so we were talking yesterday. Actually, you were watching the show and I was laughing. Because if you start a single clip from Josie and her dad talking in Pops and end it at the end of the robbery, you'd be like, try and explain to me what the show is about. Mm -hmm. You would have no goddamn clue. <laughs> yeah. It's got like Josie mixed in saying, you have to get out of this town and like being sarcastic with FP getting shot and then them just leaving him behind. And, and the nice like pop Tate has a gun. If you were like, this is the interpretation of Archie comics in a TV show. Someone would be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. This is not Archie. Like that's pop Tate. You're, you're like, like, what? Why does Pop Tate have a gun? Why is Jughead robbing Pops? For <laughs> Why all the is Jughead Jones robbing Pop Tate? Because 
because he likes the burgers, he needs more burgers or what? <laughs> this is incredible. Like, and then like you add on to the beginning, you're like, oh yeah, by the way, under Pop Tates is a speakeasy that Veronica Lodge owns. Actually, that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> like, as I said, I was like, no, yeah, that's a very yeah. funny thing to do. The guns aren't loaded, of course, because they don't actually want to hurt anybody. Um, but Pop is no longer playing around. He's like, I have been robbed so many times. So many terrible people have come in here. Someone tried to get murdered in my place. They tried to? I said something wrong, but I'm not going to correct it. Okay. Um, so anyway, he's like, yes, well, I have gotten a gun license and now I'm here to protect myself. Good for him. Honestly, Go off, Pop. Yeah. And I think it's I Jughead or Gladys that says, the cops will be on their way. What cops? They, FP is the cop. Yeah, there's like three maximum. Yeah. And FP is one of them. So they're all like, guess we we all have to move away because we did a bad thing and everyone will know. And then they well, just forget about it. Well, Gladys, if you hadn't worn your Tol- Toledo serpent's jacket, maybe not everyone would know about it. Yeah. If y'all hadn't worn serpent masks, mm-hmm. what were they thinking wearing serpent masks? Yeah. They're like, okay, well, you're just making the serpents look bad. Also, first the of serpents all, don't wear masks. Yes. First of all, where did they even get serpent masks? The serpents don't wear masks. Well, the serpents have worn those masks before, which is what is annoying because they literally, like, one of the first things we learned about the serpents is that they don't wear masks and they just kept wearing masks. Like, for example, when Sweet Pea and everybody, like, came to Jughead's house and started hazing him and were like, hello, we are here, the serpents, and we're all wearing masks and also here's a dog you have to take care of. Oh, right. Yeah. I wonder how dogs doing. I wonder. Um, so we have to fight a cyclops. Gladys knows because she's the one who took out Penny's eye, I guess. She's like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I mean, the Trident fast rule, nobody, no death. Yeah, exactly. We knew, we knew that Penny was Hal's alive too. Hi, I'm Penny and I keep getting mutilated by the Joneses. Yeah, like, how many body parts has she now lost to the Joneses? Hmm. Penny's not the Gargoyle King, right? No. Right? No. Okay. Especially after she got stabbed in the leg. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a huge disappointment. I wouldn't want Penny to be the Gargoyle King. I hope not. But, I mean, who even knows if she might have been hurt by... FP too because the first time we like met her she was like oh me and FP or me and FP are in a feud but she said like oh like he done me dirty at one point or whatever and we still don't know what that was I don't think, I don't think. I, I think that it's possible like I think these writers do a good job of like like doing intrigue but the follow-up isn't always there mm-hmm. so I think they probably forgot that that happened did you think that Gladys was fully gonna kill Penny Penny this time absolutely I did too I I truly thought Gladys was gonna straight up murder Penny and mm-hmm. I was I was gonna be like mm, boss move on Honestly, fair. But um, it seems to me that Penny is a cockroach. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. We'll just keep going back. They're like, hey, we need um, a side character who also kind of needs to pop up, be evil, and then disappear. Oh, Penny. You know, there's a character on Lost who wears an eye patch who always just keeps coming back even though you think they're dead. That's true. So, wink. Wink. Oink, wink. Um, so once they get to, like, this weird place that Brian wants Jughead to be with, like, the totem and everything mm. and the two doors, he says, "Have like, you know the story about the lady and the tiger. What story? I would love to tell you. So the story is called The Lady or the Tiger. It's a mushed anthologized short story written by Frank R. Stockton for publication in the magazine The Century in 1882. Holy crap. The Lady or the Tiger has entered the English language as an allegorical expression, a shorthand indication or signifier for a problem that is unsolvable. So here's the story. Here's the actual story. Okay. The short story takes place in a land ruled by a semi-barbaric king. Some of the king's ideas are progressive, but others cause people to suffer. One of the king's innovations is the use of a public trial by ordeal as an agent of poetic justice with guilt or innocence decided by the result of chance. 
Jesus. A person accused of a crime is brought into a public arena and must choose one of two doors. Behind one door is a lady whom the king has deemed an appropriate match for the accused. Behind the other is a fierce, hungry tiger. Both doors are heavily soundproofed to prevent the accused from hearing what is behind each one. If he chooses the door with the lady behind it, he is innocent and must immediately marry her because heteronormativity. Yeah, this is like a really extreme version of the dating game, huh? Yeah, but if he chooses the door with the tiger behind it, he is deemed guilty and is immediately devoured by the tiger. The king learns that his daughter has a lover, a handsome and brave youth who is of a lower status than the princess and has him in prison to await trial. By the time that day comes, the princess has used her influence to learn the positions of the lady and the tiger between the two doors. So, uh, so she can tell him. What a genius. If she wants to. She has also discovered that the lady is someone whom she hates, <gasps> thinking her to be a rival for the affections of the accused. Okay. So now she's like, if I choose the tiger, the guy I like dies. If he, if I let him live, then he marries this girl that I don't like, who I think he's, he also likes. I mean, I feel like a decent person would be like, well, I'd rather him be happy and alive than dead. You'd but, think. Uh, yeah. You'd think. Um, when he looks to the princess for help, she discreetly indicates the door in his right, which he opens. The outcome of this choice is not revealed. Oh! Yeah. Instead, the narrator departs from the story to summarize the princess's state of mind and her thoughts about directing the accused to one fate or the other, as she will lose him to either death or marriage. She contemplates the pros and cons of each option, though notably considering the lady more. Uh, and in quotes, and so I leave it with all of you, which came out of the open door, the lady or the tiger. And that's the end of the short story. That's brilliant. Yeah. I love it. From 1882. It's so weird that they invented Tinder for women mm -hmm. in 1882. Yeah. Because that's what it's like to be a woman on Tinder, I think. I think, you know. But then there isn't anything behind either door. Like he opens them both and there isn't anything behind either Yeah, door. they were like, so the lady and the tiger. And I'm like, okay. And then they were like, just kidding, it's air. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Why isn't Jellybean worried by her brother's voice? Like, Jughead's literally like, Jellybean, ah, are you okay? And she's like, hello, how are she you? She knows what's going on. Yeah, what's the tea there? I don't know. And then Kurt says, you may kill the princess, but then he doesn't. Yeah, he says, you may kill the princess. And then um, nothing happens. And Jellybean seems to have not heard that at all. Well, here's the thing is that like, then when Jughead like sees her, he's like, oh my God, you're not dead. And she's like, yeah, Ricky left as soon as he was like, you're there or whatever. What does that mean? And he says, oh, he, he did it to turn the screw, which means he did it just to like freak me out. So basically he said it to annoy Jughead, but d Ricky might have taken it wrong. You know, like, who knows? Ricky could have taken it wrong and fully killed Jellybean. Or did he, like, do you think he, like, already hung up and then said it? Like, or, what, what weird prank is this? Or they're both working for Gladys and they both knew that at no point would they actually hurt Jellybean. Right. Hmm. hmm. Things to think about. Things to think about. Yeah, my next question was, so he's dead. Did he kill himself or did the Gargoyle King kill him? Too dark to see. Yeah. We think that the Gargoyle King or somebody around there must have killed him. Probably, probably with the gun he was holding. Yes. And. Because he was bleeding. Like, there, yeah. there was a lot of blood. And at the point in which Jughead was like banging against the thing so that he couldn't have heard the gunshot, I guess. Yeah, that was the thing. We didn't hear a gunshot. Mm -mm. When you were rewatching, did you hear a gunshot? No. Okay. But maybe I just wasn't, maybe I just didn't. Like Jughead was it. making a lot of noise. Sam texted us about something this morning that I thought was important to talk about. Sam KCC on Twitter, the woman um, that I date. She's okay, I guess. Thing. Okay, so somebody tweeted Telltale TV, which is the- The outlet that Sam works for. The outlet that Sam works for, because they had talked about Riverdale. And Trisha Grace, who is at Sapphire Moon 01, tweeted, I'm waiting for them to reveal Kurtz is actually Charles somehow. Okay. What are your thoughts on this? 
I don't think that's viable. Okay, tell me why. Because I think the dramatic tension of him being alive is worth it way more than, oh, he's he was alive, but now he's dead. And so there's not really a lot that Al... There's nowhere for Alice to go there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, emotionally, it's just not as interesting. But I am always curious as to whether or not Charles is alive. I still think Charles is alive. I agree. I will continue to think that Charles is alive until they show me an actual body or an actual headstone that isn't just Betty. I mean, we have a lot in common with Alice in that regard, I think. Yeah. But, like, it just, it seems too easy for him to be dead. It wouldn't make sense for a storytelling perspective for them to kill Kurtz and then reveal that it was Charles. Like, Charles has to, when we find out that Charles is alive, which I firmly believe that we will. Yes. He has to still be alive. Exactly. Yeah. Because otherwise it's like, what's the point? So Jughead gets out of the thing and he sees the gargoyle king and he's like, ack! And then he runs to his truck and drives away. Mm-hmm. So GPS, I guess, because he did not know where he was. He was blindfolded. I think at that point you just drive. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then you get like far enough away that you're like, well, there is no gargoyle king running after me because I think it's pretty slow. Should probably figure out where we are. Where, where am I actually? That was the thing that drove me What nuts? if we ran out of gas? Oh, that'd be scary. Oh, please don't. That's like how every horror movie starts. It'd be so scary. The thing that I was yelling at the TV the entire time the scene was happening was that Kurtz didn't bother to check Jughead for a phone. Yeah. I was like, Jughead, why are you panicking? Just pull your cell phone out that I assume you still have. And he's like, well, I have this lighter. And I'm like, use the flashlight on your phone. If he doesn't have his phone, then I literally have no idea how he got home. Also, Jughead doesn't smoke. Why does he have a lighter? He's just edgy. He really is that Hot Topic hoe. Yeah. Well, enough things are sold at Hot Topic with his face on it that... Jughead was here, was spelled W-U-Z. Everything that I just said is accurate and available at Hot Topic. He was here at this Hot Topic because he's that guy. It's true. I have a question. I have an answer. Why was Jelly Bean sitting in the dark? Yeah, like, girl, you ever heard of lights? Like, when he gets home, she's literally just, like, sitting by herself in the dark. And I'm like, why are you weird? She's weird. Um, FP is in jail again. He's cleared, though, because he was, like, being manipulated. Yeah. Um, why does Jughead forgive Gladys now? Um, because it's his mom. I guess, but, like, she's just been so terrible to him this whole time. And he, like, was so against her this whole time. And then, like, what, they play G&G once, she gets yelled at by FP, and now he's like, Mom, you're my confidant again. What an absolutely convenient way for, um, her to regain the favor of Jughead. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like that. I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah. Gladys leaves and they get to keep the Cooper house, even though she paid for it. Well, that would make sense. She wants a roof over their heads, especially with Jelly Bean there. I guess, but she's not making drugs anymore, so how is she paying for it? Oh, I just assumed she bought it with cash. Oh, she did. Then but she I mean, like, how is she paying it. for her livelihood if she doesn't have a job? She'll go sell drugs somewhere else. Okay. Hey, guys. In case you haven't heard, there's a convention happening here in Vancouver, and it is called Sweet RiverCon. It is November 8th to 10th. And yes, it is a Riverdale convention. And also, yes, we are the moderators of that convention. Um, so far, the guests include Nation Amick, Skeet Ulrich, Vanessa Morgan, and Camila Mendez, with more to be announced. And um, I just think that you guys should all come because it's going to be really fun. So if that interests you at all, you could check out UnityEventsCanada.com or Unity Events CA on Twitter and get all of the info and come join us. Okay, so now it's time for the Betty storyline. Um, Apologies because this summary is long as heck because a lot of things happened. Yeah, a lot went down. Unlike the Jughead storyline, which it's like, this whole scene can be summed up in one sentence. <laughs> 
This one was different. There's a lot of things that happened. Okay. So Betty. Betty gets Veronica's help to ask Hiram if Hal can be transferred to Hiram's prison so he's not two hours away from his family. Tony tells Betty that Edgar wants to adopt Juniper and Dagwood as his own, which no thanks. At Riverdale High, it's vaccination day, and Evelyn says that she's got permission from her dad to opt out of them. Betty decides to check Evelyn's file and finds that she keeps transferring to different schools starting over junior year over and over and over, you know? And over. Yeah. Betty asks Mrs. Weiss, I guess it's Ms. Weiss, to do some digging. And it turns out that Evelyn is 26 years old. So Brittany's theory was right. What's up? And she's also Edgar's wife. Which I was also right about. Hal is not about this adoption thing and reminds Betty that his girlfriend Penelope would be able to help her with it. Betty asks Penelope for her help in this, and Penelope is able to get Dagwood. Unfortunately, the farm and Polly wouldn't allow her to also take Juniper. Penelope is going to call him Jason Jr. Ew! Betty gets Tony's help to break into the farm and steal Juniper away, but Tony has also been brainwashed, and hey, that's the same storyline twice. It sure is. There's a whole group of everyone that Betty knows who are all trying to get her to join. Everyone even knows what the whole Evelyn and Edgar's wife thing. Betty's like, no, and bounces, being pursued by all of them, Farmy zombies. Ugh. Veronica's waiting for Betty when she gets back and tells her that while Hal was being transported, there was an accident and he died. But I don't believe it. Yeah, I'm like, if he's dead, then um, I'll eat Kobe. No. Actually, yeah. Just in case. Yeah, just in case. I, I will nom on Kobe's ear. Nom, nom, she nom. didn't mean it, Mr. Man. He, she didn't mean it, little puppy. He's a kitty. Oh, Sally. So now we know about... A little bit more about the prison that Hal was in. It's two hours away. Yeah, now we kind of look like idiots for talking about it last week. Yeah. I'm like, um, oops. I mean, I guess it makes sense that they don't want him anywhere near. That's all. That's the other thing that Veronica was like, Dad, bring him back. Think of all the publicity of having the Black Hood back in Riverdale. Yeah, that's not good publicity. Like, no. If uh, the people of Riverdale, especially people like Moose's family and Midge, uh, I don't know where Moose's dad is now, but Moose's family, Midge's family, Fred's family. Grundy's family, yep. wherever they are, but like all these people that, that the Black Hood fully murdered, I mean, they'd be out picketing by the prison. They'd be like, get him out of our town. He's not yep. supposed to be here anymore. Yep. So like bad publicity, Pub- publicity. And yet Hiram. this somehow works. Yeah. Did they or just does not it? think this through? Oh yeah. I or guess does it? I can't tell. Is Tony telling her the baby thing just to get Betty to the farm? Yes. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, they are setting Evelyn up to look like an anti-vaxxer. They sure are. Which makes sense. So they're making anti-vaxxers look like they're in cults. They are. Which I think is funny. Yeah, it's an anti-vax cult. I, I know that we're not supposed to be divisive about a lot of things in this world. If you don't vaccinate your kids, I hate you. You're putting other children at risk. You're literally saying, my kid may be getting autism, even though that's not a thing and was never scientifically proven and literally is not a thing, is like more horrific to me than someone else losing their child. Yeah, or my died. kid dying. Yeah. Like you'd um, ra- you're telling me that you first of all, once again, the whole autism thing is not real. It's not real. But it was a hoax. If you are a person who believes that to be a thing, which it isn't, then you're saying that you'd rather have your kid die than develop autism. Yeah. And not, it's like, like, wow, what kind of person are you? Anyway, we don't support that here. Yeah, no. Um, but so they're making so obviously no one likes Evelyn, so they're making her an anti-vaxxer, which makes me like her less. Um but the reason why they're doing that is because since she's going in junior year over and over again, she, she'd just be getting the vaccine every single year, every time that she transferred. Which is hilarious. Yeah. So so she goes to see Hal and Hal says, no, the twins must be protected. 
And I'm Whoa, like, chill. Why? Like, what's your deal? Like, I know they're like your grandkids or oh. whatever, but like, since when do you care about anything? Is it because they have blossom blood? They're they could be well, they're purely blossom. Oh yeah, yeah. But Hal doesn't care about things being purely blossom. Yeah, but he's dating Penelope. Oh, and Penelope cares about that. Yeah, so maybe that. And when he was like, I know somebody else who cares about this. I I knew it was Penelope. Immediately. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I knew it. So shout out. But here's the thing. People are getting mad at Penelope for only getting one kid. And I don't think they understand the fact that it fully was not up to Penelope. Oh, I don't know about that. I think Penelope only wanted one. I don't- I think Penelope only wanted the Jason replacement. I- I think that she's happy with the Jason replacement, but I think that she would rather have gotten two kids. Because they're they're the purely Blossom kids. Those are the kids that she wants. But, I mean, she says, it's not up to me, it's up to Polly. Because, like- Betty says, Edgar's not their dad. And it's like, it doesn't matter that Edgar's not their dad because Polly's their mom. Yeah. It's up to Polly. I'm lucky that I got this one. Yeah. You know? And so, like, we just kind of have to cut our losses and be happy with what we got because... And, and of course, Edgar wants the girl. Okay, so... Oh, yeah, that's such a good... Oh, he's so gross. He's so gross. So, you're gonna take it as, yes, that is the truth, and I'll take it as, mm, I don't know about this, and then we'll see, like, what, what shape. Sure. Out. Yeah. She calls him Jason Jr., which when I first heard it was like, ew, why are you calling him that? And then I realized that Jason is his actual dad, though. Yeah, 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 like yeah. It, Like, he could, in another world, he could have been named Jason Jr. For sure. Like, originally I was like, ew, he's not like a replacement for your kid. Like, why would you call him that? He does not, he doesn't even know Jason. <laughs> I was like, okay, it makes right. sense. Right, yeah. I mean, he kind of knows Jason because yeah. he was fathered by Jason. Which is so weird because who's Jason? Yeah, who even is Jason? Yeah. It's surprising to me that, that the farm doesn't try and recruit Penelope. Yeah, that's weird. She must not interest them. Must not. Not pure enough. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But also, like, they have so much so much on her. Like, they could be like, do you want to see Jason? Do you want to see Clifford? Do you want to see... Like, there, there's so many people that she yeah. could have talk, talked to if they wanted Penelope. But I really liked the moment where Betty was like... Because she... Because um, Alice had told her about everything that happened in the Midnight Club. I really loved the moment where Betty was like, if anyone understands being taken in by a family yeah. that doesn't actually love you and just wants to use you for stuff, it should be you. Exactly. Which is another reason why... Like, I know she acts kind of weird about it after she has the baby, but, like, that's the reason why I think that Penelope would have tried to get both kids. Okay. I know that okay. we all, like... No, I can, we I can low, see that. We think low of Penelope a lot of the time, but but I I want to give her the benefit of the, the doubt in this one. Okay. Weird that Fangs isn't here, like, in the group of oh, everybody. Oh, yeah, I never even thought about that. Where was Fangs? He was in somewhere that he, he, he didn't belong last episode, so they just... They were like, oh, he, he can't be here now. Yeah. Everyone already knows all this stuff. Yeah. So, like, how are they going to redeem any of these characters? I don't know. Like, unless they've all been on hallucinogens. Yeah. Like you, yeah. There's they, very few ways to say If they this. literally were just like, and everyone was like, whoa. Exactly. What? I was in a trance the whole time. Exactly. But, but I feel like that's kind of a cop-out. Oh, it for sure is a cop-out, but... I think it's something that is plausible. Yeah. Because there's no way that you can come back from some of this. So everybody here knows about what Evelyn's doing, including the principal of the school. Yeah. And no one's stopping her. Nope. Including the principal of the school who's allowing this... Grown woman. Grown woman praying, basically. Yep. Not necessarily in the way that you usually think of, like, grown people preying on teenagers. But but she's definitely... It is predatory, yes. It's predatory for sure, and he's allowing her, like, he must have, he must be so far into the farm. Like, Weatherby would never do this. No! You know? So it's like, I know that I'm literally just looking into, like, one person who's here, but it's just like, 
it's odd. It's odd. It's like, how are these people being brainwashed like this? It's crazy. Have you heard Chad Michael Murray talk about Edgar? No. He talks about it like he's he did a lot of research on like cult leaders and everything. And yeah, he it's just interesting here. They're very charismatic people. Yeah. Yeah. Like they can sell you on things. For example, like when everyone was like, why is Zach Efron playing Ted Bundy? And it's like, like because, because he's very charismatic. Because the whole point of Ted Bundy was that he was handsome and yep. charismatic and charming and everyone wanted to talk to him, which is how he lured you in, right? Yep. And cult leaders are the same way. And so is Edgar in this moment, right? Exactly. Just people who you want to follow. And it's very clear that since Evelyn is now like maybe just by this episode supposed to be a 26 year old like we asked alexa don't damn it ah. she was listening alexa how old is zoe de grand maison zoe de grand maison is 23 years old she was born on may 3rd 1995 she is it's almost her birthday she is two months younger than me that's nuts yeah so she's two years in a day younger than my sister she's almost 24 years old um and they're making her look 26 just like you know, aging her up a little bit. I mean, you know, Lily's like 23, 24, and they're aging her down to 16, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, So it's like you can do just about anything, and they're trying to make her look like a kid, right? It's like if you have a baby face, you can look that young. Yeah. Every time I meet people and they ask how old I am, I say I'm 24, and they're like, I thought you were maybe 20. And That's I'm like, so nice. cool. I'm like, cool, okay, I'll, I'll take it. Hold on to that for as long as possible. Yeah. Um, I'm like, well, you haven't seen the wrinkles on my forehead. Ah, <laughs> want to see them now? Yeah. <laughs> 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 they're from making weird faces all my life. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I guess that's all I wanted to say is that they're trying to age her up now. They're all saying, join us, Betty. And I'm like, y'all, did y'all rehearse? No. Did you guys all rehearse, join us, join us, join us, Betty? Yikes. Oh my god, probably. They're like, okay, everybody. And then someone goes off and they're like, Patricia! Yeah. 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 And then my theory about your best friend, Kevin, which I already mentioned. Oh, such a good um, theory. And he's like, come and be a good godmother to Juniper. And I'm like, well, Cheryl wanted to be the godmother. Oh, yeah. And Cheryl's right there being like, yeah, Betty, whatever. You know, it's like, that's how Cheryl? you really know that something's wrong is Cheryl really drank this tea. Yeah, exactly. And Tony, too. Yeah. Which is the same storyline twice. Yes. Uh, and if it's Veronica, it'll be the same storyline three times. I feel like it makes more sense for Tony to be in the farm than it does for Cheryl. Yes. Because Tony has mentioned this whole time. Also, the pretty poisons, I guess, just aren't a thing anymore. Yeah. Where did the pretty poisons go? Um, but she has said, like, this season that she's always wanted a family. So, like, there you go. That makes sense. And then Cheryl makes sense being in there because of the whole Jason thing. I guess. So, whatever. So, in this moment, Edgar's like, join us, Betty, join us. And is Betty actually considering it for a real quick sec? Yes. She's actually considering it. And then she remembers the babies in the fire thing and then says no. Can you explain what? that to me? I can't explain it to you because I don't get it either. If somebody gets it, please, I'm very, very interested in this because I don't understand. Like, is she just remembering the horrors of it? Do you remember last episode when I said that I am I was kind of interested in Archie taking the drugs for a real quick second, just being evil and then not being evil anymore? Yeah, I feel the same way. With Betty yeah. being like, I was like, what if Betty joined the farm? Just like for, just for like a second, just for the last like two episodes until like the the fi- for the but finale. Who pull her out, Jughead. He's not even in this plot line. Jughead or Hal? Ew, no. I mean, I think Hal is on the run right now. Just yeah. to be clear, I he's, think Hal's he's gonna come run. back at some point. I feel, I honestly feel like Betty's gonna go home. Except her home is Veronica's house. Yeah, like, where does Betty live? No, her home is Veronica's house because she comes home and Veronica's like, oh my god, I'm calling you. So okay, she so lives Veronica with obviously doesn't live at the farm. Okay, problem solved. Yeah, Veronica doesn't live at the farm, and Betty lives with Veronica, and also with Hiram and Hermione, I guess? 
Ew. No, Hiram's at the, um... Oh, and w- with Hermione. Sorry, because yeah. they got a divorce. No, they got it annulled, which made no sense. Yeah, and he moved into, um, Five Seasons. Right. So, Betty lives with Veronica and Hermione. Yes. Veronica lives with Hermione. Yes. And now Betty is staying with them. Yes. Great. Okay. So, right. So, I was thinking that, like, Betty would go home thinking that she still lived in the Cooper house, and then, like, Hal would, like, show up and be like, Betty, shh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but that doesn't make any sense. I wonder if... Hal knows. I assume that he does. I assume that Betty told him that their house was sold. So Hal wouldn't just show up to their house and be like, hello. And FP would be like, ah! Oh no, of course you told him. Okay, cool. So. That would be really funny for FP. Yeah. I still don't know why remembering this thing that happened at the end of 301, right before she had a seizure, changes her mind. Maybe it's like- She just remember how creepy it was and how like- Yeah, I think that's it. She was remembering like, holy crap, this was really scary. These people aren't who they say they are. They're not safe. Right. But also, like, are they ever going to explain what that fire thing was? I don't know. I think that's a really good explanation, but- um, if anybody else has another insight into this, yeah, I'm very it, interested yeah. in knowing. So please, um, you can email us at afficionautospodcast.gmail.com or um, tweet us. We get we get your tweets. We read out your tweets because we want to give people credit, credit for their ideas. When they have really great ideas. And sometimes when you guys have great ideas, it sparks more good ideas in us. It sparks more good, good ideas in everybody else who listens. And we can all have like a really cohesive conversation. And I'm really interested. I love it. In that. So please, if anybody else has any insights on this, let us know. So he sends everyone after her. She runs away and he's like, go, go get her. They're like zombies. It's right. It's like a herd. It's so scary. Mm -hmm. It's like, especially when they're banging on the windows and stuff. And I'm like, Cheryl, are you okay? That was creepy. So Hal has been in an accident. I think that's true. I think while being transferred... There was like, I don't know, two other people who were also being transferred or something. Yeah. I think in transport, there was an accident. And the fact that Veronica is saying there were no survivors. Yeah, we can't just believe her. Yeah. Betty's going to obviously go to the morgue and be like, Dr. Curdle Jr., what's <gasps> good? You know? That's right. So, God, I hope we don't see a body because I'm going to feel real freaking stupid. But like, I really don't. I feel like this is a very stupid way to kill Hal. No, it's a red herring. Hal. It's a red herring. And also, even though her father was a serial killer, that was her last tie to reality, like, in her family. Which gives a good argument for that it was arranged by the farm that he die. Right. Because... If he did die. If he did die, then that would make perfect sense because that's her last tether. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't, what the hell? Yeah. I'm, I'm confused. So if this accident did happen organically, was it set up by Hiram? Yes, I think so. Okay. It has to have been set up by someone. I mean, if it wasn't, then it's just a nice coincidence and it's Riverdale, so that's possible, but... Or, I think, and I'm proposing is what should be correct, is that there's a, um accident, all three... I, I'm making three up as a number. I think it was just, like, several or yeah, a, it was couple a couple or yeah, a few yeah. or something she used the word for, but my proposal is that there's an accident, all of the inmates escape, okay. or... Some of them die or whatever. But Hal definitely escapes. And okay. Veronica either is lying or was told told this as the truth by Hiram or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Saying there were no survivors because Hiram is like, yikes, maybe my prison isn't as 
<gasps> oh, I didn't think about that. As Maybe secure. It's as secure. The the publicity would be bad because his it's uh, his prison isn't as secure as it needs to be. Can you imagine if they brought the Black Hood to Riverdale and then accidentally let him go? Yeah. Like he couldn't even like there's no way that even freaking um Hermione would be able to take the blame for that one. Yeah. So either Hiram is like, oh my god. I don't need it. I don't want anyone to know this. Or he like specifically is like, we need Betty for some reason to yeah. think that her dad is dead. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I, I don't know, but as of right now, and of course, uh, as always, we could be wrong. Although we've done pretty well this season guessing things. Yeah. Like even dude, even when we were watching yesterday and we paused because I was yelling about Evelyn, I was like, they were talking about like Evelyn. It was before they revealed that Evelyn wasn't a teenager, which yeah. is exactly what I like said offhandedly in the last pod. Mm-hmm. I looked at you and I said, not only is Evelyn not a teenager, but she's married to Edgar. Yeah. And then, like, what, 20 minutes later, they're like, she's also married to Edgar. And I was like, yes! Yeah. I feel like we're on the right track this season. I think so. Yeah. And so, let us put it on the record that I do not think that Hal is dead. Yep. And so, right now, who do you think the Gargoyle King is? Gladys. You think it's Gladys? Yes. I'm or Penelope. S- okay. I'm still holding out hope that it's Charles. Okay. Somehow. I'm, I'm on board with that. I'm so obsessed with this concept. Okay. Um, cool. So now it's time for segments. Mm-hmm. My first segment is a sexual jughead question mark, question mark, question mark. Is the answer is yes, always yes. I don't care. Exactly. I don't care. And mine is which MILF was the most badass? And I'm like, I mean, Gladys was literally in a knife fight. So I'm going to give it to Gladys. Okay. That's yeah. fair. Um, did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? No. What's the snake parents? Don't know. Um, now it's time for our best line award. Um, my best line award goes to Tony for... You know what they say, taste the village to mercy, kidnap a child. That is an incredible line. That is a line for sure. And mine goes to Veronica for, I'm going to dog walk that line cad. Dog walk that they, line cad. They really said that. They really, they really just unironically used the phrase dog walk in a teenage CW show. Mm-hmm. Incredible. I, can I give a quick honorable mention actually to Alice for, ooh, did you get that? Oh, did you get that? Oh, yeah. When Archie got slapped in that the was face. A good, that's a good honorable yeah, mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so now it's time for our trailer reaction. We have not seen the extended, so I'm very excited. No, we have not. Oh, at the end of 220, Fangs got shot. Oh, oh, and you were so upset. Oh, yeah. I'm not seeing There is no extended, extended promo. Really? There is no extended. As of right now. So they're hiding something. So they're seriously hiding something. Oh, wait. Oh, no, that's 220. Yeah, okay, I guess there is no extended, so we will just be watching the regular 21-second promo, which is too bad. All right? Yep. Okay. Three, two, one. Play. You were thinking about tomorrow. I'm thinking about the rest of your life. I love that Mary's back. I love Mary so much. I have nothing to hide. Let's end Why is this nightmare. Why is he shirtless? Who are you? Oh, so that's definitely Betty screaming at the end, yes? Yes, I think so. Okay, so Archie's back boxing again. Yes, he is. Um, and I guess he's been hurt because Mary is here talking to him. I love how Elio's like, you better lawyer up, Andrews. And he's like, I'll figure it out myself. But also, I definitely will be calling my lawyer, which is my mom. You'd be like, I'm going to call my mommy. My mommy. Okay. So she's like, you're thinking about tomorrow. I'm thinking about the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, he's chilling with Veronica again. Who is not in white. Correct. Yes. Um, Betty, of course, is driving because she is in that classic old car. Oh, Jughead's literally saying to Jellybean, you met the Gargoyle King. Okay, good. So, so they haven't forgotten. We've, we have seen this trailer. We saw it at the end, but we, I guess yeah, we we're forgot just, about that part. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Betty's shooting a gun because she needs to be ready. Honestly, 
We stand. Yeah. Somebody who is getting training. Thanks. Um, there's men in the farm. Like, more than one. Yes, yeah. We knew, like, Weatherby was there and Kevin was there and everything. But we just don't, they're just not baptized, I guess. Yeah. Um, but Edgar's I guess like, Chad I, Michael Murray was like, hey, I want to take my shirt off. And they're like, cool, yeah, low-rise pants, yeah? Yeah, they're like, hey, that's usually KJ's job. This will be different. <laughs> Yeah. Um, someone's um, living in a bus. Yeah, with like a lot of those protection talismans. Who's with Jughead? But Ethel, you know who's the person who makes the protection talismans? Ethel. Ethel? I don't know if she'll be back, but I'm just saying. These are supposed to be protection from the Gargoyle King, I think. Oh, but look, it, it the does pretty poisons the, are back. It does have the runes in the bus as well. Yeah. This is Jughead and FP, right? Because FP has a sling. Oh, it must be FP. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is he touching there? What What is this? The something of the Gargoyle King, this book. Oh, the gospel. The gospel of the Gargoyle oh, King, God. it says. Okay. So this is new. This isn't the playbook. playbook. No, I've never seen this before. It's not the playbook. The playbook was the thing that they like wrote the girls' names in, in yeah. the beginning of season one. It's the, um, the rule book. The yeah. Rule, yeah, rule book. This isn't that. It's a completely different thing. The serpents and the pretty poisons are getting together. I love this concept. To the pretty serpents. save everybody. Um, that's just Cheryl and Tony. Flip for your fate. Do you get it? What? You Two queens? The, you said the pretty serpents. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, so they're all gonna save everybody from the farm. Obviously, flip for your fate. Is this in the same place? Is this the girls' bathroom again? Yeah. In the, in the school. I'm kind of wondering if it's a flashback or something. Right. Oh my god, I would love that. Betty, who has learned how to use a gun, is going to, honestly, at this point, shoot the Gargoyle King. I yeah. want to see who it is. Yeah, just shoot the Gargoyle King so that we can unmask the Gargoyle yeah, King. Yeah, exactly. Do you think this is going to be the big the big episode? And then the last two are going to be like... No. You think it's they're going to continue to do the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But yeah, something big happened last season in the 20th episode, so I'm excited. I think it's just going to be big, 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 big. Also, it's interesting that it's called Prom Night, and Archie mentioned prom, and yet we saw nothing about prom. Yeah, this is clearly not going to be prom. So, huh. I have thoughts on what prom night even is so thank you so much for listening to this episode our music is terminal by good news tunes please if you are so inclined write us a review on itunes we like those we also have a survey um it's just perpetually open it's in the description um we'd love to hear some things that you like about the podcast so we know what to keep doing and some things that you don't like the po- about the podcast so that we know what to change if you're a fan of the chilling adventures of sabrina we like to talk about that show too and it is on this feed so it's easy to find yeah in the hiatus between riverdale season three and season four we will do season two of sabrina nice um, if you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. Heckin' 601 is coming up. Tis imminent. I think that when this episode of the pod goes out, the premiere of The 100 is tomorrow. Yeah. So. Hey, happy 100 day. I really think that The 100 is one of our best podcasts. We have so much to talk about. And um, so if you are a fan of that show, I would definitely recommend our podcasts. I'm a little biased though. Yeah. And if you don't like it, um, we have other podcasts for you. Yeah. Yeah. For such, example. Such as, <laughs> if you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. Yeah. So you should join us. We're in the middle of season two right now. Yeah. We're starting up again finally um, after a hiatus. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, we'd like to talk about that show, too. We are finishing up season one right before season three starts. So uh, if you need to be caught up and reminded about season one before season three, that's where you need to go. Mm-hmm. You can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, but uh, mostly Twitter. A little bit of Tumblr for Robin's gifts. Yeah, I try really hard. Yeah. Um, and come to Sweet RiverCon. We'd love to see you. Um, and our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's really expensive. And like it's we true. said before, if you can't donate for any reason, 
Um, the next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. Join us for our next episode, which is 320 Prom Night. So there are two different versions of Prom Night. There is a 1980 version and then a loose remake in 2008. Um, so Prom Night is a 1980 Canadian slasher film starring Jamie Lee Curtis. It's so, Canadian? I guess so. Good for us. The story concerned concerns a group of high school seniors who are targeted by a mysterious masked killer in revenge for their culpability in the accidental death of a young girl six years earlier. The anniversary of the incident falls on their high school's prom night when the older sister of the dead girl is being crowned prom queen. Prom Night is a 2008 American-Canadian slasher film that is a loose remake of the 1980 film with the same title. The film stars an ensemble cast including Brittany Snow and Idris Elba. Oh my god! A high school girl named Donna is traumatized after witnessing her former teacher brutally murder her entire family after he had become dangerously obsessed with her. Three years later, as Donna gets ready for her senior prom, he escapes from custody, follows her to the hotel hosting the prom, and kills anybody who gets in the way of his reunion with Donna. So, uh, by loose right. roommate, by loose remake, they mean loose. Yeah, very loose. Yeah, but either way, they both are slasher films that concern prom night. Okay. So we shall see if prom actually ensues during this episode. It's weird that it's a Canadian film considering uh, we don't have prom. Yeah, we sure yeah. don't. Yeah, we sure don't. Yeah. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye.